This is part two of my interview with Meg Braun. She has a wealth of insights into and interesting stories about songwriting. If you're just jumping in, be sure to check out part one, where we discuss her musical past in depth. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle, and I have been talking with singer-songwriter Meg Braun. Good to have you here, Meg. As is custom, I, a week ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer than a week ago, I, I sent Meg a uh, list of prompts to choose from. These were randomly derived prompts, and uh, she got to choose them. So uh, is it complete randomness? Maybe not. But you know what? We got an element of randomness going on here. So this is what I sent her. Uh, there was a random picture of an old record player. Uh, there was a random word, which was hydrography. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Hydrography, the study of investigating bodies of water. There was a random fact. Lettuce is a member of the sunflower family. Lettuce is a <laughs> member of the sunflower family. I thought that was interesting. Uh, random style. Write a song for Josh Groban to sing. And then the fearless prompt uh, from uh, Timmy Reardon's fearless songwriting program was tied to the doorknob. And it includes a picture of a rabbit sitting in front of a maybe a hotel or some sort of uh, uh, structure uh, in the middle of a forest and mountains. So, so Meg. What did you decide to, which prompt did you decide on and how did you decide on it? So I, I'll be honest, I didn't realize the picture of the record player was a, was a prompt. <laughs> I thought it was just a picture you put on there. Oh, okay. Like that's just because that tells you where my brain and my life has been. But I looked through all of them and I actually just thought hydrography was the most interesting to me. Hmm. Um, tied to the doorknob, I felt like I would have to somehow include that in the song um those words in the song and 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 i was like i don't really i'm not feeling that so much you sure. know my i i just didn't and i'll be i'm a little embarrassed to this i'm not that familiar with josh groban so i wasn't sure how i'd write a song for him to sing i and so you know like i'm just not that familiar sure and lettuce is a member of the sunflower family I wasn't sure what I would do with that fact, but I was fascinated by hydrography. And so I looked it up and I'm like, let's see what weirdness can come out of this. Well, all right. Well, let's let's take a listen to what what you came up with. And boy, um, this is raw. <laughs> that's that's hey, that's what the name of the show is. So yep. that's that's all good. So all right, this is Soul Hydrography by Meg Braun, and it is her song written to the prompt this week, which was hydrography. Here we go. Inside my heart There has always been A craving for the wildness of the oceans A longing to let myself be drawn in And dive deep into the waters below Deeper than anyone would ever dream to go If I tried to draw a map of my soul It would be like a map of the waters Which 
try to know always changing with the moon and tides through weather shifting plates over time like an ever moving horizon shores of these unforgiving seas as the waves wash over my tired feet I ask them to release a secret in me let me know my own lost mystery has been a craving for the wildness of the oceans. All right, that was Soul Hydrography by Meg Braun. It is her challenge song this week, written to the prompt hydrography. And I love this song. I love this. I, I really, uh, um, we were talking about timeless songs early uh mm -hmm. in the show and uh, uh to me this has sort of a timeless quality to it a lot of it uh a lot of it is structuring around your finger picking which i think is just a, a lovely pattern that you you came up with for this but i i you know it, it's just talking about the oceans and the waters and um oh by the way the shifting plates are we talking about tectonic plates was that yep. what that was a yeah yep. yeah i love but that um tectonic tectonic doesn't sing very well yes and yeah, it was way right. too many syllables so i took it out i'm trying to think here what the song tectonic Ooh, it's tectonic Ooh, electronic <laughs> you know it'd be like you know, beep, beep, boop, 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 i know it's a different it, you know yep yeah, yeah it's it's a call out for a different kind of a song really. yes yeah yeah <laughs> but this was this was great and um uh you know, and I actually like the way that you end it there with, you know, you re, you, you you recall the first two lines mm -hmm. of the song and then it kind of feels it leaves it kind of in an unfinished. It feels unresolved. Yeah. And and I really I really I appreciate that about that. So but 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 talk to me, talk to me. Tell me, how did you uh, put this together? What was your thought so, process? Often. So I, you know, I chose the prompt and then I, I went in, onto the interwebs and I looked up hydrography and read everything that I thought that my brain would hold about it, which was not <laughs> these days very much. Um, mostly I went to Wikipedia, I'll confess. Um, it's a good so, starting point. They got yeah. footnotes and stuff. You can go follow and, it further. And then the other, and then the other thing I do before I write sometimes is I, uh, I go to, um, there's a poetry app that I have on my phone from the Poetry Foundation. Hmm. And uh, let me see if I can find the name of the app because I highly recommend it. Um, and how is it? How is it called... more effective than just a thesaurus or something like that? Because you can also do random spins, but you can go oh. in. Um, so you can go in and you'll do this random poetry spin. Um, and so I will sometimes just do that, and then I'll read. I'll read whatever comes up. But you can also do a find. And so I would. I did a browse by subject. And then I did uh -huh. nature and I kind of went and then I hit water for, you know, anyhow. And I just went through and I just started reading various poems huh. just to kind of get my head in that. Um, I read a lot of poetry. Um, 
I used to read even more poetry. I love poetry and, mm. uh, and just kind of, kind of get my head in that, in that sort of place. Cause hydrography is not going to necessarily be when I was th the way I thought about it, it was not necessarily going to be like a rock and roll song, you know, like it wasn't going to be, you know, it could have been, but it wasn't, that's not where my head went. Don't know much about hydrography. I see. Yeah. Know, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, that's. <laughs> It'd be a nerd's rock and roll song. Hey, hey, that's, that's <laughs> I'm there's a big good ones nerd. there. I'm a big nerd. I'm all for nerd rock and roll. Yeah. So, but, that's but genre, that's nerd. not what you decided to do with this. So, and then I just, um, and, and I, uh, I think I mentioned in, before we started recording, I'm a humongous Star Williams fan. Mm, yeah. Um, and her song, The Ocean, is definitely a favorite of mine. That, that's my favorite Dar Williams song, yeah. uh, absolutely. And I was, I, I was thinking along the same lines too. But, but go ahead. And so when I, when I started, I didn't, I didn't want to write The Ocean because she wrote The Ocean. It's, a, it's kind of like her own sea shanty almost. And I didn't want to write that, but I, um, but I also have been, uh, I, uh, I have a therapist. I love, I love going to therapy because um, it just, it centers me and it, it, it's great to have like an hour a week or every other week where it can really truly be all about you and you don't have to feel bad about it because mm -hmm. you're, you know, and, um, and one of the things I talk about is like that I, you know, I, I'm somebody who I feel like I know myself pretty well, but every so often I'll discover something about me. I'm like, I didn't know that about me. Hmm. That's really interesting. And so, and that shifts something, which is why I came in the idea of the shifting plates over time. And so, um, and I do love, I do love the ocean. One of the things that I miss about by living in Nashville, as opposed to New York, is that it's, I, to get to the ocean, it's a little bit more of a, of a drive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a trip rather than just getting on a train um, and going out to Long Island and going out and seeing the ocean or whatever. But anyhow, so I started sort of thinking about you know, why the ocean? Why was I drawn to it? Why, you know, why do I love, why do I love the ocean so much? And, and then I got to the idea of, you know, um, Lynn Miles has a song called um, Map of My Heart. And, and I didn't listen to the song. I'm like, what about a map of my soul? And that's how I got into the second verse. I'm like, I wonder what it'd be like, what would my soul look like if I tried to draw, draw a map of it? And I feel like all of this stuff is very, um, it's obviously metaphorical, but, you know, you can't really hold on to it, you know, you, and so how do you, you know, and, and we're always trying to know the waters and, and uh, how deep can you go, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm a little narcissistic, just like anybody who gets up in, uh, on stage and performs. You have to have, it's you almost have to be. Yeah. So like, I like to sort of be introspective and stare at my belly button sometimes and mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what, what's going on with me. So I think the song is a little bit about that too, mm. you know, sort of the idea of like the psychology of, of the heart and the soul and what's going on when lots of changes are happening. And even when lots of changes aren't maybe happening on the outside, but are happening on the inside. Oh, sure. Sure. So, yeah. So, well, so and, I, and I feel like there's a lot I don't know about myself. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a it's a lifelong process figuring it mm -hmm. out, right? And yep. uh, the 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 person that you finally figure out may be different than the person that you started trying to figure out. It's a it's a moving uh, uh, the bar keeps moving, right? Yeah. So, yep. well, so so uh, one question I, I like to ask every guest is, do you think this is a finished song? And if not, how would you go about revising it? How would you uh, bring it up to snuff? There's a little part of me that thinks it 
there's part of me that wants to say that it's finished because I kind of like, I kind of like the unfinishedness of it, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that it's kind of, um, there's, there's places to explore and go with it meditatively, I think. Um, but as a writer, I'm rather bothered that I don't really have a f- refrain or a chorus other than an ooh. Now I do have that on another song that, um, that's coming out of my next album that where, where ooze are, or the O's are a chorus, but mm-hmm. it, but it made sense here. That was there because I couldn't figure out what the chorus would be. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then when I, when I got done with it, I actually, I sat on it for a day or two and then I went back and played it again. I'm like, well, maybe this isn't a song that needs a chorus. Maybe this is just a verse song. And maybe that's okay. And so I'm, there's a, there's every chance that what will happen with this song is that I will put it in a folder. And then at some point I will go, and I'll be looking for something to do with writing. And sometimes when I'm stumped and can't come up with something new, I go to old songs. And I either take lines from them and start new songs, or I go and do a deep revision. Hmm. This could, that could very well happen with a song like this. So is, so that, that's a pretty regular thing then. You, you have kind of a drawer that you put, you, you put your songs in for a yeah, while. Yeah, the drawer is on, my, is on my computer. I well, probably sure. should have. I, I, yeah, <laughs> but I do. I, and I actually, for a while, and I haven't updated, I had a spreadsheet where I would like log the song, the name of the song, the date I wrote it, uh-huh. you know, where it was in the process. Is this done? Um, because when I, in the, I, from 20, after I broke my hand in 2017, I took a significant break sure. from performing. And decided to just go into writing and just focus the, as long as I needed to on writing so my hand could heal. Mm-hmm. And um, and I wrote like 70 odd songs in a period of about wow. a year and a half. Wow. Which wow. I'm sure there are people who've written more songs. And I'm not saying I wrote 70 good songs. Sure. No, no, no. But still, I'm not that's... saying I wrote 70 finished songs, but I wrote 70 distinct pieces of songs. And And, you know, when you're making an album, you really have to pick, you know, 10 or 12 of them, you know, yeah. if you're really ambitious, maybe 15, but that, that always feels like a really long album to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lose, I, I have a short attention span. So those songs were chosen. And so I still have the spreadsheet and I've written more since then. And I ought to go in and update it because it's a great way to track, you know, where you are with, um, with things and remind yourself, Oh, I, I have written that stuff. So I'm, I'm curious um, when you broke your hand, because I remember I had a I had an injury. I broke my arm. God, it was almost twenty years ago at this point. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember that was just when I was starting writing songs, mm-hmm. um, and it, it totally waylaid me and it put me on a different path for almost a decade. And I'm just curious what uh, that's maybe more drastic. I mean, you yeah. it sounds like you hunkered down with with one aspect. But how did, did it change your songwriting style? Do you feel or did it? Aside, because you you know what, like, do you normally write with a guitar in hand, and you weren't um, able to do it, that, or it actually, and I did, um, yeah, it, it did in that sense is that I would write them, and then I would have to figure out later what the guitar chords went behind it. And I used to always write with a guitar in hand. And true confession, I'm back to writing with the guitar in my hand most of mm-hmm. the time. Um, but so I wrote, you... yeah, but I wrote a lot of songs without a guitar. Mm-hmm. And I'd sing the melody and then send it to somebody or, and at some point I was able to play a little bit, but I wasn't able to play for long periods of time. Did so, you find that it, did you, did you write different melodies when you were doing it without a guitar or, or did you find that the way that you wrote the lyrics 
did that change at all or did you feel like you were still uh, writing pretty much a a meg braun song uh just without you know even though you didn't have that other well they're all they're all meg braun songs but well of course of course <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but but um i think that's a good question i do think some of my melodies got a little bit more interesting and a little more exploratory um and uh which is kind of you know which is kind of cool developing like good songs need to have a groove I think and and sometimes it's fun to find a groove to write to and I never I was never smart enough to figure out how to put like a good drum beat behind what I was doing and just sure. sort of sing to that um like I'm thinking now I'm like that would have actually been a really good thing to do but um so when I went back to edit the songs later I you know I struggled at first to find to find the groove that went with the song sure that's interesting um, yeah but from a lyric perspective it it really freed me up um, to not be tied into a chord structure, to not be tied into, you know, to just sort of sing. And um, so, yeah, so I think, I think there's definitely some benefits to that. Um, I think everybody should write without their instrument for, for a few songs, just, just because it does open. I mean, I believe in getting uncomfortable when you're writing, like sure. doing things that you've not done before. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I think that makes you a better writer. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely exploring different things. And yeah, yeah, sometimes just trying to think of what's the way to break from my my habit, you know, how mm -hmm. what is that that right way? So, um, oh, yeah, and well, I definitely have like, like, there's there's a song that I wrote for a friend who contributed to my Kickstarter, and I'm, I've been avoiding going back to, uh, to revise it, because I fell into just like, I have my standard, like, this works for me. And so mm -hmm. but I got the song out. I like the song, but I'm like, I think I need to fix the melody in the chorus. Cause this, this just sounds too much like everything else I've been writing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I want to give it its own little stamp. So yeah, I'm guilty of that. Well, I'm curious about you uh, just going back and revising things. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever find, um, cause this, this happens to me sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll have a song that I wrote or started writing or maybe didn't finish, but I got maybe like two thirds of the way done mm -hmm. and I let it sit for a couple years and then it's just stale and I, I can't pick it up again. Even if I like what I was doing, I have a hard time getting myself into that headspace. Do you, do you ever have any trouble with that or do you feel oh, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had it like one of the songs is on the new album called Charlotte Street. I actually wrote in 2007 and kept coming back to it because mm -hmm. it didn't get stale and it can take you that long to write a song. Yeah. Um, but what I will often do with some of these old songs where I think I'm going to go back and revise them is if I don't feel those, there's usually a line or two that I can pull. Sure. Um, oh, and, 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 and appropriate it to an, uh, appropriate, with another yes. song. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my friend Pat Wichter calls it uh, Frankensteining. It's a, you know, they're, they're, you're Frankensteining a song. I feel so guilty doing that, though. You don't feel guilty doing that? I always no, feel like not I'm... not at all, because I'm... it's my, they're my words. I haven't played the, most of the time I haven't played it for anybody. Yeah. Know? Or if I have, or if I have, it's been so long that whoever heard it probably doesn't remember it anyways, because it like... probably wasn't worth remembering. I feel like I'm stealing it from my illegitimate baby or something, you know, it's like, a, it's, I don't know. I feel, I feel weird doing it, but it's, you know, it's, it makes a lot of sense because I, I, otherwise there's a lot of great ideas that kind of languish. Um, so, ah, uh, no, but I, I think it's cool that you do that. Get just, over it. Like, get over it, David. Can you, can just, you slap just me steal from yourself? Steal can you give me a yourself. zoom, zoom slap? Just give me zoom a zoom slap. slap. Right yeah. Yeah. slap, slap. No, yeah. so I, I really think, you know, I also, sometimes when I'm struggling to write, we'll go learn a cover of someone else's song. And I don't steal from them. 
but I will, um, but I will use it to sort of open up some, some new ideas. Oh, sure. I don't steal from the song, but I'll like, if I'm really stuck, um, I will go and, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of them were Dar Williams songs. It's how I learned how to play some of her songs where I'm like, Mm. I really like the song or like, or if I, or if I, um, I'm not a great guitar player. I'm an adequate guitar player. I can kind of accompany myself, you know, and I'm fine with that. I pay people to be good. You know, like I will pay, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am happy when I have money to pay someone to, you know, to make everything I do sound prettier than what it yeah. is. Like yeah. I, I can, I can hold my own as a rhythm guitar player, but I'm not, I'm pretty basic. You sounded I'm, great on this song though. I, I really, like I said, you. I really liked the finger pattern you were doing. So yeah, I, I probably stole that from myself somewhere too. <laughs> Uh, yeah you know that's the thing about uh finger picking is it's uh yeah yeah there's only so many patterns out there yeah but but the fact of the matter is 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 i'm not i don't have on some level i'm like oh yeah there's there's like you know a never there's a there's a never-ending well of ideas and then sometimes there might be a never-ending well of ideas but i don't have them on a given day so i'm really glad that i've saved lyrics of songs that didn't work and i can go and pull from that it's interesting that, uh, you know, I actually, I, I don't feel as bad about mimicking somebody else's style as mm-hmm. I do about stealing lines from my old songs. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll, uh, you know, maybe say, oh, I want to write a Richard Thompson song today and do something that is kind of mimicking that style. Though, I mean, it usually is really fuzzy version of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, you know, I've had friends who they'll do it. They'll just take the chord progression and they'll maybe rearrange it a little bit from some song that they really love. And, and, and really it's a great, great way to be inspired. Uh, I, I think, you know, rewriting a, you know, rewriting a song is, is a great way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I I mean, and then, and then there's the songs that you, that you're really lucky and they come to you in one piece and you don't have to go back and do a hell of a lot to them for them to be done. You know, Mm -hmm, and those are mm -hmm. gifts to me. Those are gifts. Absolutely. You know, um, so this one, I definitely, I, there's a part, there's a little part of me that would like to say it's done. I'm satisfied with what I wrote. Am I satisfied with what I, what I wrote for the long term? Like what if, would I feel comfortable going out to an open mic tomorrow night and playing this? Probably not because I, I'd want to sort of test it with myself a little more and make sure that it's done. Well, that's, that's an interesting, you know, cause I think of open mics is a great way to test out a song. So Mm -hmm. What 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 is your criteria for? I mean, it, which is different than just doing a regular performance. I probably so basically my my process before I put a song out in the world, if I'm especially if I'm not sure about it, is I usually will I'll share it with like Sally Barris at this point and say, mm-hmm. hey, do you I'm like do you mind taking a listen to this? And then um, you know she'll give me some feedback. I'll work on it, and then I might play it for a few friends, like my friend Kate Klim or my friend Carolyn Solabello or my, my women, the chicks with dip, we meet on Sundays from three to five. And every so often I'll bring a song in and I'll to our thing. I'm like, can you guys listen to this and tell me, you know, what you think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I take what they say. And sometimes I just, I'm like, I just needed to play that for people. And then I might take, I mean, I, not that I've gone to any open mics in the last, you know, year, sure, but, yeah. but, and I, and doing the online thing is just incredibly uncomfortable to me. Um, mm. I will do it, but it's, it's, I prefer people. Like yeah. I can, yeah. I can see, I miss that. But, um, but then I, and then I'll take it out. I used to be braver. I used to be like, I've got a new song. I want to go play it at every <laughs> open mic in town this week. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, um, I got more careful. Hmm. Um, 
And I'm not sure what that's about. Um, I'm not sure I'd care to dig into what that's about. I don't know that it matters. I just feel maybe some of it's about people video everything now. And it can go up on YouTube. Oh, in a yeah, that's a good. And point. so if I have something that feels half-assed, I don't necessarily want it to be in the interwebs forever. I mean, I was even nervous sending you this. I'm like, am I going to be okay with this being out there? Well, but then I was like, no, is... I actually am. This is this. I, I, the writing's good. I got to where I wanted to go, where I thought I wanted to go with it. You know. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the people that. Uh... I, I, the people that are listening to it are going to be people that want to learn about the nuts and bolts of making songs. Oh, yeah. And in fact, there's a lot, you know, I'd say that probably more song schoolers listen to this than, than anybody else at this point. Yeah. Um, but this is, I, I well, I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, uh, first or second draft or whatever draft you consider this to be. I think it's, it's, it's like one it's and lovely. a half. <laughs> Would you, so I, you know, we had talked earlier about, um, kind of specifics versus general yeah. uh, language. And this this tends to v- kind of lean more towards metaphorical. Um I mean, do you feel like do you feel like this this hits the level of specificity that it I needs was, to have? Yeah, and by specificity, I mean details are important. So I was trying to draw a picture mm-hmm. where I could. You know, like or little pictures um you know, the idea of someone diving into, into the ocean, you know, someone seeing the moon, the moon and the tides change. Like I was trying to put, I was very interested in creating a picture more than giving details of a story. This isn't a sure. story song. This is a, this is a navel gazing song. And yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, where I'm using the ocean as sort of my way in to my own self. Um, well, there's a lot of imagery in here. There's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt, there, there, yeah. it so, evokes I, a lot of imagery. And so, I think that there's a. I think that that's its own kind of specificity. 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 That that's a a, a deceptively difficult word to it, say. It, it, absolutely. I don't. I, I don't think there's anything terribly general about this song either, though. Like you know, I I I certainly don't think anybody in Nashville will cover this song. It is not a hit song, and I'm okay with that. I'm not here to write hit songs, anyways. Um, well, is it? Well, that's that's an interesting question. There, what's uh, what uh, what makes this different than a Nashville song? Um, well, it's just it's it it doesn't really follow sort of the verse chorus verse chorus you know formula. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it's not um, it's not telling a story. Nashville likes to tell stories, and they're they're into story songs. It's not a love song. It's a very reflective song, and I you just don't hear it on the radio. At least not on the radio that I listen to. You know, I could hear this on. I mean, this is. I could hear it on folk radio, maybe on certain stations, but on your general radio when you're, you know, I don't know that this would even end up like on, on an Americana station. Yeah, is it you is know. it top forty? I yeah, yeah yeah maybe not, but I mean I I'd see. I don't know, but it's like you tweak the tweak the production a little bit. You could I could see it on college, you know, mm-hmm. hear it on college radio stations pretty easily. I don't know. This is the kind of song that I like. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I do too. It's it, you know, like when I wrote it, I'm like, I like songs like this. Whether anybody, you know, like there's not. I don't think I have a, a song called North that a few people are like, "What is this about?" And I feel like it's very clear what like I know what it's about. Uh-huh. Um, and I love playing the song and love singing the song. But this song, I don't think you really you're going to do a lot of wondering what it's about. It's clearly a song about inter- introspection and about mm-hmm. figuring out who mm-hmm. you are. And, you know, really, you can't draw a map of your soul, you know. 
Well, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, structurally though, you know, not, you know, outside of the lyrics, but structurally, I feel like, you know, I could see like, um, you know, somebody like Regina Spector, she has some songs that, mm. that don't always, you know, fit strictly within like Nashville guidelines, certainly. Right. Um, but they're, but those are ones that get, they, they get played. And, and I would feel like this kind of, the way this kind of trails off the end kind of reminds me a little bit of a Regina Spector, some of her songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I don't know. It's like the, what, what's popular. I mean, obviously Regina now is her, her, her heyday was, you know, over a decade ago. So, um, you know, it's like, what's sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, what's, you know, what it's, you know, what, what, what counts as popular is so fickle, you know, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's so quick. And I feel like if you're getting into songwriting to, to write hits, there's, that's totally fine, but that's not why I got into it. You well, know? so what's what's the Nashville scene like? I mean, if you're because I, I think people do think of Nashville as like this is where you're going to go to 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 get that huge break. But my understanding is that Nashville has a even beyond the hit making machine. There's a huge number of resources. There's there. a huge. The, the best thing about Nashville is it has an amazing, amazing community of songwriters. That while there's definitely a quote unquote hierarchy about mm-hmm. it, it's not. Um, I I ended up having a conversation with a songwriter named Annie Mosher, who I don't think she's famous, but I think she's had a couple of cuts. And it was just a, a, like, I don't think she'd even remember, but it was after one, a, a round that she did. And I just felt very um, seen as her equal, her level, even though she didn't know, she knew I was another songwriter, but she wasn't familiar with my work at all. I really dug what she was doing. Um, and I just had a great conversation and I'm like, yeah, I'm a songwriter too. I'm working here. And it was, it was just, a, even though she was definitely, I, I would be, you know, if you're going to go on the totem pole, I'm down here and she's probably here, you know, and Gretchen Peters mm-hmm. is like here, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. There's this very supportive atmosphere, hmm. um, here where you don't feel like you are, um, you're less than in, in most, in most situations, which is great. That's great. There is, uh, and that's sort of like the one-on-one community that that's not necessarily playing the Ryman and playing the Opry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, just great, great mus- musicians here. Um, the level of musicians here is amazing. Uh, I remember when is I first it moved. Intimidating as well, or not for me because I consider myself more of a songwriter than a musician. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm more intimidated by the songwriters. I know that I'm never going to be a virtuoso guitar player. And like I said, mm. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine. I would like to play, learn how to play the piano, but if, even if I do, I'm never going to be like, you know, um, Tori Amos or uh, I've just dated myself. I'm sure by saying that or, I, or Billy Joel or any, like I'm, I just want to be all there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're in the same generation. So yeah. 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 So it's just that, that type of thing. I'm more interested, you know, like, like if I were to, if I were to be, if, okay, if I were to ever get to meet Joni Mitchell, I doubt that any, I would have any sort of comprehensive, you know, you wouldn't be able to comprehend a sentence from me. I would be like, uh-huh. add that, add that, add that. I mean, when I met Dar Williams uh, the first time, I was very much like, you're Dar Williams. <laughs> so you, you're, so you still have that fan, that fan oh reaction. Oh my God. I'm, I'm such a, like, I'm. I love being a singer songwriter and I love, I love songs. Like that's Uh what I've discovered. 
And I think Dar is a great songwriter. I think Gillian Welch is another one. Like she's mm-hmm. in East Nashville. I'm pretty sure I stood behind in, in line with her uh, in at, at a coffee shop uh, a couple of years ago. And I was afraid to like even say, are you Gillian Welch? You look a lot like Gillian Welch. <laughs> this is your your neighborhood. I bet you're Gillian Welch. And I, I just in line and placed my order and, and went on my way because it was Gillian Welch, you know? it's I'm like, I am such a fan girl. You can, um, our friend John Lynn, some songwriters live here. He had, Lynn Miles came and taught at, uh, at song school. I don't know if you were there the year she was there, but he and I, totally fanned out on Lynn Miles and like stalked her after her set at, at Folks Fest, even though we we hung out with her a little bit. We totally, you know, like I'm more of a, you know, I, I just fan, I'm just a, I'm the worst fan girl. Like I just ridiculously like, oh my God, you're so great. And <laughs> don't do you ever, anything worth. <laughs> do you ever fan out about like new songwriters in your community? Do you, do you ever, because uh, that's, that's sort of a, I know when I first, decided I wanted to try being a professional singer songwriter. One of the, one of the things was, is I was like, Oh, I get to find these new artists and I get to mm-hmm. geek out about it. Um, but at the same time I kind of, and I did, uh, but at the same time, sometimes I felt like, you know, they were kind of in a similar situation with me. They were up and comers and there are oh, times that's... where I felt like maybe I geeked out a little too much and that hurt maybe the, the relationship somewhat. So I've kind of toned back a little bit on that um, with relation to kind of who I consider to be kind of a peer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're, if like, so there are songwriters who are definitely in my age group who I, who I would not consider myself a peer of theirs. Mm -hmm. Like I would consider myself more of a fan than a peer. And then, um, but as far as younger songwriters, there's a young songwriter here named Kristen Englens and it's E N G L E. N-Z. I'm like looking at it and having problems spelling it. That tells you. <laughs> um, and she writes just these really, really wonderful songs. And she's probably a good 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got this great voice. Uh, the first time I heard her, she was solo on the guitar. And I'm like, she needs like a full band behind her. So the full power of this song, you know, would come out. And, um, and she and I've had some great conversations and geeked out. I don't think that I've I don't think I've, you know, gone over any boundaries with her, you know, with that, you know, I haven't, uh-huh. you know, I haven't really gotten to see her for a year. So it's hard to know. Um, but there's another songwriter in town, India Ramey, who, who I am a huge, huge fan of her songwriting. And I think I asked her once after I'd had a little bit too much to drink, if, if we could hang out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, I think the pandemic happened shortly after so who and the tornado here happened shortly after so you know whether or not she thought i was stalking her i didn't really get a chance to so yeah i'm really not dangerous <laughs> yeah 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 um and uh but i'm a huge fan of her of her songwriting and she's she's kind of to me like a mix of um patty griffin and dolly parton in like her style like she's hmm. just you know she's pretty amazing wow so um but there's just i mean the the list of songwriters I could give you in Nashville that are incredible it would take up an entire podcast. Just me listing names. <laughs> well, this is this is the uh, uh, the other question that comes to mind is because um, I think a lot of songwriters think about mo- moving to a music hub like Nashville. Mm-hmm. When do you think is the right time to to move to Nashville if you're a, if you're a budding songwriter? 
I don't, I, I think you do it when it's right for you. Um, I had a friend back in 2007 tell me that I should move to Nashville and I was in New York and I was happy in New York and wasn't ready to leave. And I moved here in 2015. Um, I, I think, I think you have to be really realistic when you move here, here, if you're looking for a career, mm-hmm. um, because if you, if you spit, you're going to hit us another singer songwriter who's yeah. trying to do the same thing you are. Um, and like the, le- the the number of people who actually make get famous and get careers are, is pretty small. And so it can't really, I think if you're going to move here, move here for the community, the supportive community. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you might get to have a few cool co-writes. You might get a cut if you're lucky. And I'm not saying you don't work the system. I'm not saying you don't work really hard for that. Mm-hmm. And I know that true confession, I haven't had a chance to work hard enough just with the way things have moved, have gone in my life since I moved here. Sure. Yeah. But um, it, it's a lot of work and you've got to be willing to to pay your dues. And I think the one thing I didn't realize moving from New York to here is that I paid my dues in New York. So I was able to play a lot of the rooms I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Here, I haven't, I haven't paid enough of my dues yet. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't been here long enough. It takes time to pay your dues and you got to pay them everywhere. It doesn't matter who I was in New York or anywhere else. It matters who I am here. Yeah. Hmm. And, and that was a, that was a hard lesson for me as a, you know, as a 40 something singer songwriter to learn that, that, yeah, I could go tour the Northeast and, and do okay, but that's not true for playing shows in Nashville. In fact, yeah. you don't play shows to make money in Nashville unless you're a really big name. Yeah. You know, it just, it just doesn't happen. That's so. yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But, well, that's, that's all good. Wow. That's, that's good to all good information to hear, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's uh, always, always in the back of the mind about whether it's you know, moving to a larger music hub. Well, yeah. hey, before we get, uh, I know we're, uh, before we go too long here, I uh, I wrote a song as well. Oh, that's right. To our, uh, to the prompt. I really enjoyed it when I listened uh, to it today. Well, let's take a quick look at it here. Um, all right. So this is the oddly named July's Fever Wave. I don't think I've ever written a title quite like that before. Uh, and it, that may change. But anyway, this is, This is the song July's Fever Wave by David Coyle from the prompt Hydrography. Midday sun burns like a torch Find yourself an ounce of shade Go enjoy some lemonade Perspiration on your brow Run on through the sprinkler now Jasmine's got a water wings Off to find a pool for swimming
concrete hot beneath your shoes Rubber smells like melting glue Time to fix the engine block On that broke down ice cream truck Playing stickball in the street Older brother dropping beats We could stop and show our moves Or just relax and feel the groove Just one more day in July's fever wave The heat leaves you weary, leaves you praying For summer raining Then you see a thundercloud Will it burst you have your doubts Will it raise humidity Just enough to bleed some beads of sweat You'll get it on your skin Either way you're wet again Wait for autumn's cooling breeze But August still waits in between Just one more day In July's fever wave The heat leaves you weary Just one more day in July's fever wave The heat leaves you weary, leaves you praying For summer raining Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was July's Fever Wave by yours truly. It was my uh, contribution to the uh, the challenge uh, this week. The The prompt was hydrography. And before I go into how I put it together, do you have did anything stand out to you in the song? Um, there were a few things that I really liked about the song. At first, I liked your, mm, ah, that sort of set the mood. I was like, when I first was, I listened to it on my drive into work this morning. I was like, what is he singing about? Because I didn't have, because I didn't have the lyrics. And I actually love with first listens to songs to not have the lyrics in front mm -hmm. of me because then mm -hmm. you just kind of take it in. And then I looked at the lyrics later, I'm with you. but, um, but I, uh, I loved the things that stood out to me is I love the picture, like of the little girl with her water, Jasmine who got her water wings. Cause you know, kids with their, I just, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just those really hot, hot, humid summers, at least they're super humid here in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. just, all you want is for it to rain, even though the rain doesn't end up doing anything in the end, but you yeah. just want a little break from it. And so that brought to mind. And I kept saying, how does hydrography fit in with this? That was the question that kept going into my mind. I'm like, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm sure it inspired it, but I'm just trying to figure out what weird windy thing went on well, in that, David's brain. That was just, uh, um, well, okay. 
Okay, well, I started off, I, I decided to go the, the Timmy Reardon work, uh, uh, the yeah. Timmy Reardon uh, way of doing it and do a word splatter. And I took all the, these water words and bodies of water and I was doing mm -hmm. all the geographical terms. And I did this one night and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go, you know, sleep on it. And mm -hmm. then I got up the next day and it was like, I was just focusing. I, I just basically decided I didn't like any of that. And I went with the body. It, I, instead of body of water, I went with body in water. Mm -hmm. And I, I had the image of a sprinkler running through a sprinkler. And, and that got me to this hot, sunny day. So that that's how that that got yeah. that direction. Yeah. Well, no, that makes that that actually makes sense. I just and what I like and one of the things I like about the Fearless Songwriting Project is that it's the prompt is there for you to use to get mm -hmm. you writing. If you don't end up using the prompt in the song, just as long as you write something, you you still you know gotten there. Um, my my group, the Tunesmiths, is a little different where you have yeah. to. Use it. And <laughs> so and 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 I like both for different reasons. Like there's something to be said for you know really. And I didn't use the word hydrography in the song. Well, you I, got it in the title though. You put it in the title. Yeah. So, but but yeah, that's yeah. It's it's yeah because I this one was. I, I made it. I made at least a concerted effort to to try to do it more straightforward, and I I just kind of didn't. So, mm -hmm. yeah. No, and sometimes it doesn't work, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. So. But but this was a fun. This was a fun song to write. I I um, you know, I had in my mind kind of a little bit of a urban hip hop kind of thing, mm -hmm. and I had a specific beat. I you know I I don't know if you've listen much to hip-hop instrumentals but not no no uh, I can, that's that's definitely a music hole for me yeah yeah well i you know it's interesting because i'm i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of rap i appreciate some of it but um i i, I actually really like hip-hop instrumentals I, I i think there's hmm. uh you know there, there are no words it's just the the instrumental part and and so in my brain i'm hearing a hip-hop instrumental uh for this and getting kind of this real sticky uh hot summer day and so actually there's the kind of the point where the music stops and I'm sort of just saying the words mm -hmm. uh, and that could be in theory, it could have been a rap or something like that. So, so right. there's a little bit of that going in there. Um, and I don't think I could get away with writing a rap song. Not, not yet, not without more practice. Uh, but the other things that, that kind of touchstones on this were um, the song time of the season by the zombies, Uh huh. you know, cause it's got that boom, boom, boom. Boom, yep. boom, boom. It's the yep. time of mm -hmm. the season. And also the vocal styling uh, of uh, Colin Blundstone uh, from from the Zombies. I, mm -hmm. my, I was kind of trying to do my version of his singing in this. Yeah. But that also took me to Andrew Bird. And I don't know if you've listened to much Andrew Bird. A little Bird. bit, yeah. Um, but he's got kind of a similar vocal style. And there's a little bit of, um, I think, the for the verse, the verse, uh, singing that i did during mm -hmm. singing during the verse kind of is similar to some stuff that he does um and of course the whistling i like the whistling a little bit and oh, uh, yeah. you know but uh yeah so those were kind of like the musical influences on what was going on there and and it was an interesting hodgepodge of things mm -hmm. that was going with there i and then i just i i felt like it, it was kind of just creating kind of that mood. This is definitely more of a mood piece yeah. Uh, where you're just kind of putting, you're sticking those images in there to just evoke that scene that so many of us have experienced, you know, just a summer day, a hot, sticky summer a day. You yeah. a picture. That was you know? the, certainly the goal. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, and I also, I, I, I was looking at your bridge, which I really appreciate. I just, just the change, a little bit of the change in rhythm mm-hmm. and that it, it had its own, own melody, but it, it definitely pulled from the verse melody, you know? Yeah. And, but, but, but you needed to do that. But um, no, I thought this, I mean, when you, when you said this, I'm like, maybe I didn't work hard enough for my song. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, on your song? No, your song's awesome. What are you talking about? Right. No. Well, I, I, the way that I write a lot of the time, and this goes back, is sometimes I just sit down and I'm like, okay, I got to write something, set a timer for an hour. Oh, yeah. Like whether, whether it's a prompt or whether I just haven't written for a while. And I'm like, my, my go-to method for writing is sit down, set the timer for an hour and see what happens. And sometimes nothing happens. Like I just get like a hodgepodge of words and sometimes I get a song. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, and you know, this is, you know, I have to do this every episode, and and uh, sometimes they come out more complete. I do feel like this is a more, fi- this is closer to a finished uh, mm-hmm. uh, product than some, like I had one song where it was, um, oh, it was, you know Shannon Address, right? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I ended up writing some song, it was like a cowboy song, it was like, a, it mm-hmm. meant to be like a, uh, uh, you know, about the dying gunslinger in, in yeah. the old West. And, and it's just, it's so unfinished. It just felt, you know, and so that was like, that's the one where I'm kind of embarrassed to have brought that one out. Uh, but it, 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 anyway, yeah, it's, but they're all, they're all various. And I think that's, that's built into the show. So, yeah. because we do the critique, you know, part of the show is, is in my mind is about, yeah. you know, where, you know, what do you look at when, when you're, when you're critiquing it? And then, and and this one here is uh, like I said, this one's a little closer to be feeling finished. Um, mm-hmm. I I think you know some of the the tweaks that I want to do on this are a little bit more minor. Like I the only name that I mention is Jasmine. Yeah, and that, part that of me, wants... to me is I was like I was like yeah, I was like because no, you're right. Nobody else's name is mentioned, and so then I was like, who's Jasmine? But then I will say that by the second verse. I didn't remember Jasmine. Like it, yeah. you know, like it didn't, it wasn't anything that. It's not about her. The song's not yeah. about Jasmine. Right. So yeah. it's, but I like, this is the thing. I like the name, mm-hmm. but I, but I feel like there need to be more names. It's sort of like you're walking around the neighborhood and. Either that, or you take the name out and you make it general, like, and you say little, and you do like little kids in water wings. Yeah. 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 And, so and those are. It, like you, you need to go one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, there's always those, uh, you know, I was going to, I'm going to throw out an example and I don't know that it actually is literally in Penny Lane. Do they, for the Beatles, do they, do they name check a bunch of people? The Beatles like to name check like fictional characters Oh yeah, in their songs. And I, I kind of like that. And sometimes, you know, we're talking about sort of general versus specific. And this is mm-hmm. one where if I could rhythmically figure out how to stick a name in there, then mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it, it might create that feeling of, of like neighbors yeah but Um, i also don't think that this is a song where i think when we were we were talking about specificity yeah god that came out so smoothly that time oh yeah you're specificity i'm yeah (laughs) um so anyhow you're specific in what's going on so i don't know that you need to be specific with who's in the story i mean you could be i don't think i don't think you're going to hurt the song I don't, okay. you know, I don't think you're going to hurt the song if you add names. I don't think you're going to hurt the song if you if you take names out. I, um, I think it's what you as this, and it's it, that's really what it comes down to: is songwriter's choice. What's important to you? Yeah, 
Yeah. Is it a, is this, will it accomplish what you want it to accomplish if you add names? Will it accomplish what you want it to accomplish if you don't? Or maybe it doesn't matter. So I need to do my own uh, 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 self-critique of the song. So, um, I yeah, like I said, I'm, I, the, the name is something I'm, yeah, but it's nice to know that they're, you know, maybe that, maybe that's, you know, I can do one or the other. I have options there. Um, I think I, I do like the way that, like you said, for the bridge, which it's interesting. I wasn't thinking of that as a bridge as opposed to just sort of a kind of a, well, it could be a double a, verse, a I rhythmic, guess. a slightly rhythmic change to the verse. Yeah. And in fact, the one thing that, that stood out to me was that the second iteration of the verse, that it was the ums and the ahs were, they took too long and mm -hmm. it, it, it dragged things. So there's like, you can have like, so I'm thinking like each verse should get a little bit more, you know, quicker. Uh, the, 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 the beats should be a little bit okay. uh, quicker to sort of, cause it, this is, this song could, could definitely outstay its welcome. But uh, what's interesting about it is that when I was recording it, I, I don't like to record to a metronome, but I like to put a canned beat mm -hmm. that I'm recording to because it keeps mm -hmm. me honest. And I came up with, you know, kind of a cool, you know, cool little bit of percussion that I was working with on this. And I would have probably just brought it in with the um, the song, but I just, it was such a new song that I wasn't hitting the beats <laughs> that that it, it sounds okay without the, the rhythm in the background. But if I'd had the rhythm, it would have been obvious that I was, I was missing yeah. a lot of the beats. Uh, but I think it adds a lot. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes that'll take you through, take you through kind of the slower parts. It's yeah. kind of interesting yeah. how that works. But so. I feel pretty good about this. I feel like it's, um, it's a, I, I, I'm trying to think of other, summer songs per se that i have and mm -hmm. i i think i i think i wrote a kind of a covid summer song last year um which mm -hmm. is a downer this is less of a downer and uh so i think it would like fit a good you know i don't know if you ever think this way but do you ever think like boy i really wish i had this kind of song for a you know this kind of set does that do you ever yeah, try to fill so, that gap every, every so often but i you know, it's funny because um, one of the things I was thinking is like you you use as an exercise trying to write a song for somebody or like someone else. Mm -hmm. I suck at that. Uh, I yeah. don't mm -hmm. I, I'm never quite sure how to do it. And so like I'll what I'll what I will do is listen to an artist song over and over again and, you know, steal from it, like sure. you know, steal a chord progression or or maybe try a little melodic riff and then change that melodic riff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, um, but I don't feel like I'm trying to write a song like them. It's, you know, and, and usually those aren't songs I end up keeping anyways. They're just like, I, there's, there's songs you write because you need to get them out of your, you need to get, get the juices going, I guess. Sure. Stuff like that. But yeah, I'm ter Like I was in a songwriting workshop last, I guess it was last year about this time um, that my friend, I anime wool was doing, and that was an assignment and everybody, like, it felt like everybody else managed to do it. And I'm like, I just, I feel like I, I wrote something, but I felt like I failed. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I just was like, this doesn't sound like this person, you know, and it might've been Richard Thompson actually, which oh, I love Richard yeah. Thompson, but, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but it, I just, I just didn't really, I couldn't do it. And it wasn't that I didn't want to. And I, and not that I don't see the value in it because I think it does. Um, and I don't mind being uncomfortable, but like, I literally sat there for like two hours and was coming up with nothing. So finally I just, it was, it was off of his, I think it was a riff off of his song Beeswing. Oh, wow. What um, a gorgeous song too. Yeah, It's a gorgeous song. There's a lot about that song that bothers me as I listen to it more from a woman's perspective. Oh but, yeah. I would imagine so. 
But that said, <laughs> yeah. um, he's not very nice to her in that song, yeah. um, his descriptions of her. But in it, but it's, it is a gor- but that said, it is also a gorgeous song. Those two things can yeah. exist side by side. Um, and to be fair, Richard Thompson's pretty pretty mean to everybody in every one of his songs. So uh, maybe not everyone, but he's he's got some mm-hmm. nasty. But but yeah yeah no, I, I hear exactly what you're saying about that song. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was so it was an interesting sort of exercise to go through. That said, I felt like I failed. Um, although maybe maybe I didn't because I tried. So oh well, you know. I think that's absolutely how you should. I yeah. mean, I think you should see it the same way as like a Timmy Reardon prompt. Yeah, when I because I, I I definitely find inspiration in my musical heroes and oftentimes non-musical heroes, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love I actually I love sitting down and trying to do my version of one of their mm-hmm. songs. And in fact, yeah. um, uh, when I do co-writes, I do a fair number of co-writes uh, every year. Um, when I get together and do a co-write with somebody, I actually <laughs> I actually one of the ways that I try to remove my ego from the process is that I say, I'm writing a song, I'm trying to write my version of one of their songs. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of, um, and, and this is the thing, it never sounds like exactly like what they do. Yeah. And, and and it may just be that I'm, it may be that I'm technically challenged and I'm not able to mimic okay. things as precisely as necessary, but I actually kind of uh, lean on that a little bit by saying, yeah. it's like, you know, I'm going to try to sound like this person and it's not going to sound like them because it's going to go its own direction. And I yeah. think, you know, if you get the inspiration from it, I think it counts. I think no, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. Yeah, we should co-write sometime. I love co-writing. I, I would love done, to co-write I, with you. I haven't done nearly enough of it, so it's what, part of the reason I've moved to Nashville is to co-write. I would think, yeah, Nashville's the co-writing uh, capital, capital of, the, of world. the world. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, well, yep. we'll uh, well we'll put a pin in that, and we'll just uh, mm-hmm. we'll 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 set that up for the sequel. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, this has been a fantastic discussion. Before I sign off, um, would you like to promote anything? You know, I don't have any gigs. I haven't gotten brave enough to start booking gigs out in the world again. But I would say, if you can, follow me um, on uh, Instagram. I'm at Meg Braun Music on Instagram. And uh, I have a singer-songwriter page on Facebook as well, uh, Meg Braun Singer-Songwriter. And I have a secret backstage group that I'm slowly inviting people to where I'm going to be sharing oh. um, individual content. I'll invite you to it, David, uh, which is Meg Braun backstage. You can search for it and, and, and ask to join as well. Um, and I'm starting to use that a little bit more to sort of break the algorithm and try to, you know, have people get to get in touch with me that way. And um, I am in the process of saving money and using, uh, using live streams and things like that to get money so I can promote the album. My album, Better Than Fine, is actually fully recorded, mastered, everything's done on it. Um, but I don't have quite enough money to put it, put the promotion out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that's, that's its own thing. And um, so I'm holding off on releasing it while I save money, uh, put a little bit aside here and there, and hopefully it builds up. And uh, if you'd like to contribute to that, uh, I have a Venmo out there, um, which is at Meg Braun, and I have PayPal too. Which uh, is it? Is mind. it at Meg Braun? Just like one word, or is or it Meg, Meg underscore Braun, or something like that? Or Meg? Let me check Braun. my Venmo account because we want to be sure I think we it might get be that Meg right. Braun. Yeah. Yes. So it's at Meg Braun, B R E U, and like the coffee maker, no relation, or else I might be able to just put this out of my own because I'd have lots of money. <laughs> Well, there. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Help, help, help us, help a songwriter out, uh, and, and let's get that album out there. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, well, once again, Meg, this was this has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much uh, yeah. for coming and and talking with me and uh, uh, and sharing your 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 lovely gorgeous music. Thank uh, you. So that that's a wrap for this week. Uh, be sure to like and review the podcast, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at David L Coyle or on Facebook at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. If you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, you can email me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider contributing to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle. That's one word. Uh, or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. thundercloud will it burst you have your doubts will it raise humidity just enough to bleed some beads of sweat you'll get it on your skin either way you're wet again wait for autumn's cooling breeze but august still waits in between just one more day